Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint and I have my dear British friend with me, Julian. How's it going, Jules? Hey Langdon, yeah, it's all good. Um, back in back in the UK after another flying visit to the States last week. But yeah, back on home soil this week for the for the pod. I know you've been traveling quite a bit lately. I've I've been a little more stationary, but you've really you've really gone out everywhere. No, it's been good. It's been we've had some really interesting interesting journeys. We've been to to the West Coast for the first time for the NSC uh, conference, which was really interesting. Great to meet so many people who are health and safety is their their sort of main thing, and and talking to them about some of the things that they're looking to improve upon. And I think we're probably going to touch on on one of those key areas today as we as we go through. I think you're right. And if everyone recalls the last time we've been talking really about the life cycle of incident management and that overall process, and hopefully, hopefully we've been able to share a couple of tidbits here and there about what can, what can refine it, what can make it better. But, you know, and now we've, we kind of shifted from the investigation. We're going to the corrective action piece, the preventative action. What, what do we do? What is, what does that actually mean? How can we learn from it? And it's pretty timely, I feel like, because, you know, we were thinking about incidents. We were thinking about full investigations, now corrective actions and such. And this is approaching scary times, Jules. All hallows Eve. I thought you were talking about the British government then for a moment, <laughs> Langdon, but we'll, we'll stick to all hallows Eve. We'll stay off the, stay off the politics. We live yeah. in that. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But, but Halloween time, everyone. It's, um, if you recall, it was one of the first podcasts we ever did about a year ago. It was the Lone Wolf, All Hallows Eve. And now it's, it's that time again. We're, so happy, happy soon to be Halloween, Jules. Happy Halloween, Langdon. Um, yep, it's, it's, it's a great American tradition that is now a big thing over here as well. So, um, yep. I'm, I'm throwing a slight curveball because I feel like we need to do this very fast. You have five seconds to your favorite Halloween candy. Go. Drum, drumsticks. <laughs> okay. Well, well drumsticks. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have guessed that. Good job. Okay. Nice. Great. A great British. Chewy, sticky, sweet. Mm. I still like yeah. classic Mars bars. Yeah, yeah. But I try to get them in the international or when I'm in the UK because they're not really the same here in the States. So there we go. But yeah. Okay. Good. Well, yeah. It's shifting well, a little well, bit. So it's a really neat segue into the next thing we were going to talk about mm. as well, Langdon, because we're talking chocolate. Yep. Um, and, and I wanted to talk about something. And and something I found really interesting is when I've traveled between the States and the UK is we, we supposedly speak the same language, mm. but we very clearly don't. <laughs> um, and, and one of the most obvious differences is in sort of sayings. So, you know, those sort of traditional things that people will say, and it's kind of they've grown up over time and you say them without thinking about them. But when you say them in America, quite often people look at you as though what on earth is this? Limey English guy talking about, yeah? Um, but, but there's a saying that we use in the UK, which I think is completely aligned to what we're going to talk about today, which is actions and action management. Um, and, and, and the saying is, as useful as a chocolate teapot. Um, and, and, and 
to explain that, because Langdon has told me this is not an American phrase, phrase we use in, in, in the UK, but you can imagine how effective a, a chocolate teapot is going to be when you put the tea bag in and then you pour boiling water into it. Um, and, and it's an analogy I, I've used so often through my career when we've been talking to people about actions, because actually if we don't manage them in the right way, actually they're as useful as a chocolate teapot. Um, and, and the reason we thought we would sort of have a standalone sort of episode talking about actions is, is because so often we go and talk to organizations and we, we look at, at sort of how they're managing safety at the moment and how they, where they think they could improve. And one of the key things is that they just find it really challenging to get things done. Yeah. And when you stop and think about safety, Langdon, I think, again, I think we agree on this piece. You can have all the process in the world. You can have all the, the sort of forms, process, engagement in the world. But actually, if we don't nail that getting things done, actually, we're, we're not going to improve. We're not going to drive that continuous improvement that we want to. No, for sure. And I, uh, that was a, it was funny when you first told me that because I, I had, not, had not heard that before. But I, I completely agree. You know, you think about it. And as we've been discussing the incident management life cycle and everything and the overall process, you learn so much from the investigation piece. I mean, you know, I probably have sound crazy because every time I'm like, you know, this is actually the crux of the process, but you know, and it's each piece that I feel like I've almost said that to, but then, and that's where you get to where we are now and what, what comes from it? So do you rectify the situation? Do you try to teach others and prevent it from happening again? Do you, you know, what type of, if you didn't have the most thorough investigation, what type of corrective action are you able to, to put in place? What's one of those, the five whys, for example, when I've heard many, um, when I've used it before in many other organizations, but I'll, I was always the top or the type that said, why stop at five? Because I mean, I'm a, as I've, you know, I've told you before, I'm notoriously kind of a realist, um, I've been told. So, you know, why would I stop at five if I have more? But it's that, I think it's that principle of what happens if I don't come up with the right root cause or then corrective action. And then you've, honestly, there is a certain level of, you know, it's really probably a frustration from the standpoint of, have we actually fixed the problem? And if we haven't, you know, what have we done? I think we've gone through a great exercise, but have we actually made a positive change when it comes to, to correcting that incident and hopefully trying to prevent it from occurring again? Because, you know, history repeats itself. Incidents, there's going to be other similar type incidents that will occur. Even if there are slight process um, variations, they're going to happen. So how can we ensure that they they don't again? And that's to me, that's one of the most important pieces when we talk about corrective actions, preventative actions, actions as a whole. You know, what does that even what does that even mean, really? Yeah, I think and I think it's interesting when we were talking about this, we talked about correct corrective action, preventative actions, and sometimes we can be quick to put something in place because an incident's occurred but actually we're not 100 percent sure that it's going to prevent stuff long term are we so it's that 
is that trying to take that longer term view um it's quite, it's quite often it's quite interesting as well we, we've talked a lot i think we might have even mentioned it last time but how we review lots of things in safety so we re, we'll review a jha or a risk assessment we'll go back and review uh, our audit templates and maybe do that on a regular basis we do an investigation and, and and put actions into place and actually there's not many businesses actually have any kind of review process then to say right let's go back to this in say three months time and let's check into those actions make sure they're they're working make sure they're not having some kind of knock-on effect elsewhere in the process yeah well and that's you know and that you you hit on something that's even broader if you maybe it's not even a corrective action that occurred from an incident but Maybe it was a, well, I won't even say a preventative incident. I mean, it is, but what if a piece of machine guarding broke? So I'm creating an action to send out to, to maintenance. Hey, we need to get this fixed. I know they fixed it and they maybe sent a, a note back or however, if they're using software tool, whatever it is, great. They've sent something back. So I know they have, but how often do we routinely go through and make sure that that is operational? or that that is the way it should have been, especially if it wasn't, you know, a lot of times people retrofit stuff. I mean, it, that's the way it is just because you might not have the right part. They're able to get better. So that's one perfect example of an action that how many times have we put the right thing in place to try to fix it? And I think what something you just said, it also is looking at it from the perspective of how do people even manage actions i know from my experience just kind of going through it it's there are diff, there are differentiations because the corrective actions usually they're knocked out of the park preventative actions <laughs> see what you said so so everything else it's just a sent it out we expect it to get done it said it was done and you know and go on about your business and i dare say some of those are the ones that could prevent you know, something more, more serious that's inherently probably going to occur. Yeah. And I think, I think it's interesting when you talk to people, we talk to people about, okay, how do you currently manage actions? And we'll get into this more in a moment in terms of some of the challenges that they create for themselves just because of the way they do it. But when you, you look at the process that they have in place, do I have to say process or process? I, don't, I can't, I can never remember. But, You're back in the UK, you, so you can say You, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Um, <laughs> but, but that process, quite often, there's no quality check at the end of it. Um, and again, that's so critical, isn't it? It's, yeah, we want to trust people and we want to trust that people have done the right thing. But actually having that quality check at the end is really important so that we make sure that the action has been delivered in the most effective way possible. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, and that's one of the things we work on and I know I've done it internally um, in, in past life and then well, even here as well. And then when we're working with various uh, organizations from safety consultancy, it, it is the, it's kind of that aspect of just discussing with them, Hey, how are you managing actions now? What, what does a good action even look like or better yet? What does an action look like for you and i know from my experience you know we hear a number of things but I, I do think pretty often i guess kind of going back to your chocolate teapot 
that is the good scenario of how many times do you hear or the bad scenario, but something we hear often that you hear something is made. We've chosen to do an action or we saw an issue. We tried to, we tried to raise it and uh, correct it. But what, what really happened? And that's the same thing as if I'm going in a facility and I'm doing an assessment, I'm creating a JHA. We see a couple of issues. We flag, Hey, maybe it's an action that needs to be, that needs to be addressed. How often are those changes actually assessed? And that's where you start seeing how can we be more efficient? How can we be more effective? Because again, stuff is going to happen. Incidents are going to happen. And if we can be, I think more proactive when it comes to, when it comes to actions, that's, that's one of the crucial aspects of hopefully being able to prevent. I, I just want to just confirm to the listeners, we haven't had a bet on how many times we can mention the words chocolate and teapot in today's pod. But it's it, we, we are, we are going to, I think we're going to hit it fourth in a moment. Um, so um, we talk to a lot of businesses and, 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 and we talk to those businesses and, and, and ask them, Jen, how, how do you manage actions at the moment? And, and some of the common things that we hear are spreadsheets. So we hear spreadsheets, we hear email. Um, and as soon as you hear those, those sort of solutions in terms of an action management tool, what's going through your head, Langdon? I hope they're able to keep up to date and how do others know? Yeah. You know, okay. first me, yeah. yeah. And, and, and. It, it, it's quite often I always talk about the fact that when you ask ask a safety person how do you currently manage actions, you normally know the response you're going to get in terms of the answer by the embarrassed chuckle and, and the sort of embarrassed grin that you get when you when you're talking to them. And it and it so often it is 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 Excel. Most commonly it's email, and inherently straight away chocolate teapot it's just not going to work effectively um, because. There, there aren't the controls there, yeah. Um, so, so first of all, actually, where's the visibility of those actions? As soon as you've sent that email, visibility is is a really challenging thing. I can't see what's going on. I don't, I don't know where my actions are. And and I'll I'll throw the question out again to the to to to, to you who's listening to this, which is, have you ever had that situation where you're looking for an email, you know it's in there, but I can't find it. And it takes you maybe 30 minutes. Sometimes you have to go away and come back again, don't you? Look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. Sometimes so if you're things. trying to manage, if, you, if you're trying to manage a bundle of actions in that way, it's just not, it's not efficient. It's not, it's not professional and it's, it's not effective most of all. Um, so, so that's one of the first challenges that a lot of businesses have is, is right. Let's think about the system or the tool that we're going to use to manage actions so that so that we've got that visibility and clarity of what's going on. The, the other thing is, I suppose, do you ever need to nudge people, Langdon, to get things done? I mean, I, I'm just thinking about my kids here. Immediately I say, do I have to nudge people to get things done? I think about my children, yeah? I've got one, I've got one daughter who I know, if I say, can you do this, it's done. I've got another daughter who I know I'm going to need to do a bit of nagging, yeah? Email doesn't do the nagging. Um, and so, so again, you've got to have something in your process that, that, that nudges people, reminds them, and if necessary, it's going to escalate. It's going to tell other people about it. Um, but the biggest thing I talk about with, with chocolate teapots is, 
is actually my biggest analogy with or biggest link with that particular analogy is if an action doesn't have an end date and how often have you seen it if there's no end date when do i need to get this done by and it, it will keep slipping and slipping and slipping um and and to me the the, the sort of the action management piece is is really a great barometer in terms of how effective your overall systems and approach to safety. And, and an example I'll give is a big truck manufacturer who we talked to a while ago, and um, we, we had some really good conversations, got on really well with the guy. Um, and, and they went and did audits of their depots every six months. And they would give a, a, a bundle of actions to the, to the local managers to, to deal with. And they'd send them out by email. And inherently, six months later, they go back to that site. And how much had happened, Langdon? Mm-hmm. Probably very little. Very little, if, if anything. Yeah. And, and again, what, what it says is, it says it's got a couple of implications that. First of all, just that implication of actually, are we, are we actually compliant or doing safety well um, if, if we're not getting things closed out? And the answer is no. Um, but the second thing is, it kind of it completely, to me, undermines that that culture around safety. If if people in an organisation can see that things don't get done and there's no repercussions as a result of nothing getting done, what does it say about the importance of safety? And and we've talked about cultural culture and 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 culture around safety all the way through this this the sort of the series of pods. And again, this is something that you don't tend to think directly around affecting culture but it does because it sends an important message out there doesn't it that actually so what yeah yeah well and i think it sends and that's what we talk about a lot of times it sends that message of are things getting done so if i'm always if i'm always reporting just negative things and take a step back just from a reporting standpoint what does that typically mean from a cultural standpoint, but if it's always negative, it's probably going to feel pretty negative. But if there's positive, if there are things that I see, I, I bring to light, you're my super, Jules. I come to you and I, I say something positive, um, you know, that we spotted, or even if it is a negative, but you take the recognition of, hey, you know what, we're going to look at that. We need to, you're right, we need to fix that, or I'm going to take that to management higher up and we can discuss that. Something negative has just shifted to something positive. And to me, that's one of the important things about actions that if you have, if it's a frontline manager, if it's a straight frontline employee, if it's senior level manager, whatever it is, if an action is brought up and nothing happens, why would I want to bring up more? You know, you, you brought that up about your kids. And I, it's funny, this today was 50s day because it was the 50th day of school um, for my oldest. and just trying to even get her to get up and get dressed sometimes. So she'll get out of bed fine. fine. She's five, almost six. But then, you know, a little bit, I need you to, you know, whatever, change your pants. Change your pants. Yeah, it's four times. How many times do I have to ask you to do the same thing? And a lot of times, I think if we, it can get frustrating on both sides. If we have people putting actions in and the other person is not acting on it, or if we have someone putting actions in and the other person doesn't even realize it because maybe they're bad at checking emails, whatever the, whatever the reasoning, you start to see kind of what we talk about in the whole, 
honestly, the essence of the blame cycle, you're going to have less communication. And, you know, we've, I think, talked about that quite a bit, that communication is paramount for a good organizational culture, whether it's the aspect of health and safety, productivity, quality, whatever it is. And I think some of the better businesses that are truly practicing good health and safety, what I'll say, they understand that and they're open to that communication and they are proactively wanting to get better. You know, I I think about it also from the pre-incident investigation that we talked about. If I do a pre-incident investigation, so I'm making that effort to want to be better, want to be preventative. So nothing has happened. We're just going through thinking about critical elements. We're thinking about what type of failures could happen. If I come up with actions off of that and I don't do anything on it, and then an incident happens, what, you know, what have we done? We, that was something we could have prevented. So I just look at it from the standpoint of actions. They really, you know, we always, I think, kind of bottle it into that corrective and preventative actions post-incident. But there's just, you know, I go back to that. There's so many great opportunities that an action can be utilized. And those organizations that are doing it, I really think they're they're some of the ones that are ahead of the game. It's a great point is 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 actually when you stop and think about it, is actions actions really are a, a form of communication, aren't they? It's that that communication to say, right, what have we done or what do we need to do? And and, and like you say, it's all, all too often when we talk safety, the first thing people talk about is, is incident. And me and you are, are very keen to change that narrative, aren't we? And and actually make it about more positive things. So so you think about inspections, you think about JHAs or risk assessments, you think about audits, all of these positive activities all rely upon good action management if they're going to be great processes, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they really do rely on action management. And I think another key thing that you, you touched on then and I think is important is, again, part of this cultural change is who do you give the actions to? Actually, if you stop and think about actually by trusting people at all levels in your organization, if we, if, if we give people things to do, it makes them feel good about themselves. It makes them feel valued. It makes them feel wanted. It makes them feel included. And actions, shouldn't we shouldn't sort of restrain who we give them to. Shouldn't just be managers, supervisors, safety people. Um, give it to the people who are responsible for an area, for a job role, yeah? Um, and that way, can it's all that whole thing around we're engaging them in safety and getting them to be part of our approach to safety. Yep. Yeah. You know, and that, not to go back to it, but it, it does, it just came back to my mind. It made me think about that time we kind of had the think tank in a previous organization. I've told you about it, you know, posting notes all up on the wall. Those were different actions that we were making. Some of them, some of them were processed. Some of them were actually, Hey, we could improve this. And then what happened to every one of those actions. But when the think tank meeting was over, taken down post-its, thrown in the trash. You know, that was just one of the, in a matter of seconds, everything was deflated, honestly, in that negative aspect. So, no, I think that's great. It's the aspect of what can we do to positively reflect change in the organization? And actions, I think, are a great way to do that and to even shift a more positive culture from the negative. Yeah. Um, So I I think sort of, as as we start to wrap things up, um, 
get, I think, really urging people to reflect on their own organisation. Um, and, and, and first of all, do you have that culture where it's, it's accepted if something doesn't get done? Okay, because if, if you have, that's, that's your prompt to say, right, how can we do things differently? Um, and, and maybe the starting point of that is, right, how are we going to change the system that we use for managing actions? How are we going to use a system that's going to, first of all, help us in terms of that communication? So it's going it's to it's notify people, it's going to uh, escalate things, it's going to prompt things. But then I think the other thing is, can we create some form of gamification around actions? Can we, can we start to have some kind of competitive element almost of, see, let's promote the people, let's promote the teams who are, who are best or, or better at getting things closed out. That's always an interesting thing to try as, as a part of an approach. Um, but for me, don't have chocolate teapots. Um, I was, I was thinking, I was just thinking earlier as we were talking, Langdon, most podcasts have some kind of merch. We, we need a merch store, don't we? I think we need to talk to, maybe talk to somebody in, in our team idea. about that. We could maybe have a two bald guys chocolate teapot for Christmas, wouldn't we? That, that could be quite a good That's idea. That's a pretty good idea. Right? So everyone, this has not been mentioned beforehand. Yeah. This was yeah. a good idea that came from okay. nowhere. Yeah. Well done. And that's your prompt when you look at that chocolate teapot to think about, right, okay, it is my process fit for purpose? Yeah. So really important things we've talked about there, which is have an end date. There's got to be an end date on an action if it's going to be affected because otherwise things will just continue to slip and not get done. So I think, again, it's, it's another subject. It's amazing, isn't it? We talk about every subject and go, wow, this is really uber important. This is really super important. But it, it goes to show really the importance of in safety. There are so many things that knit together if we're going to do things effectively. But if you think about it, the end goal has got to be really sort of front of mind, doesn't it? And, and you've got to think about, right, how am I going to ensure that we actually deliver on that end goal that we said we were going to deliver on? Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I think you hit on a couple of things, just that overall, remember, communication, the establishing of camaraderie so people can communicate and we can have he got that. the word in. He got the C word in. It in. I'm telling you. But having that, you know, as we're closing out, really the in general incident management life cycle it is that what can we do with these actions that we're that we're putting in place whether it's from an incident you know as, as you said we try to be a little more hopefully you know it just that's where it reverts to it's the incident but a lot of times these are something that can be utilized so much so much more than just post incident um and the more that we can get everyone trained on that, educated on that, learned on that, I think the better, ultimately the better will be. So it was good catching up with you, Jules. Good to catch up with you, Langdon. Um, great camaraderie as usual. So yeah, even I've managed to get it in, okay? Um, and I'm looking forward to catching up for the, uh, for the next episode. Um, Sounds good. We appreciate everyone joining in. Look forward to talking to you soon. Okay, and happy Halloween. Oh. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Everyone, really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Please follow and subscribe to wherever you stream your favorite podcast or visit us at evotix.com. And if you want to see how follically challenged we really are, come and check us out on YouTube. If you've got value from the podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and in the review section of this podcast, 
If you could leave us a review or a rating, that would be great. And as always, everyone, while you're going about your days and about your normal lives, stay safe out there and watch each other's back. 